Welcome to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you. As Pastor John had said, I'm here representing the Pregnancy Resource Center um, out of St. Cloud, and I'm so thankful that you guys welcomed us in to come and share with you, um, to come and, and, you know, educate you. As Pastor John said, there were some things, there's lots that's been happening, some really, really good things, which is exciting because it's proof that God is moving in a big way. And so we're excited to share that with you and to, sh- and to share with you some ways that you can support and volunteer and help and however you feel God calls you to do that. Um, and I'm going to share a lot of that with you kind of towards the end here. But first, I'm going to share um, my testimony with you. Because my testimony, I believe, will help you understand the importance, the great importance, of having and supporting in any way centers like the uh, Pregnancy Resource Center. And so my story starts when I was pretty young. So by the time I was 11, my mom was going through her second divorce. She had married my biological father when she was 17. She had me right after she, actually right after she turned 19, and then less than a year later, she was divorced. And so for many, many years, my biological father was not a part of my life. And her second husband, the one she was divorcing when I was 11, was not a good father role model for me either. And so just really quick, every time I I share my testimony, I like to just give this little bit of wisdom So if you are a dad, an uncle, a grandpa, raise your hand. All right. What I'm going to share with you is very important, so please listen and take it to your heart, okay? Even with with sons and nephews and grandsons, this is important, but especially with little girls. If you have nieces, granddaughters, daughters, even if you're not you know, if they're not related to you, if you are in contact with them, if you work with them, they're in your church, tell them that they're beautiful when you see them and mean it. And you can't say it too much. I promise. Tell them how special they are and how much value they have. Tell them how God has a purpose for them and he had it before they were ever born. 
Because what you're doing when you do that is you're pouring identity into them. Because, see, God calls you to be in their life for a lot of reasons, but a big reason is he wants you to co-labor with him in holding their hearts in your hands ever so gently so that you can be that conduit for God to pour identity into them. Because if they have that, it doesn't mean that they'll never make bad choices, but if they can come from a place of even kind of understanding who they are, things will go so much different. And so, like I said, biological dad's not in the picture. Stepdad's not a good role model, and now he's out of my, out of my life, or out of the picture for a while anyways. And so I didn't have that. I didn't have that father figure pouring into me who I was and how special I was and how much value I had. And so I didn't realize that I had any, right? If it's never poured in, then I, then I just, I guess I assumed that there wasn't any, especially since the men in my life kept leaving. And so beings now that my mom is single at this point, divorced his husband number two, I have a, a half brother and sister out of her second marriage, and I was the oldest by quite a bit. And she had to work a lot then, right? And I totally get it now. I can look back now and be like, I totally get it. But then I had to step into the kind of mom number two role. I had to kind of be that second parent because when she was gone working all the time, she couldn't afford for after school daycare or whatever it was. And so then I had to step in. And I totally get it now, like I said. But at the time, when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, what was I thinking? Well, this isn't fair. I don't want to do this. I don't want to take care of my brother and my sister. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go to that party. I want to go to that movie. I want to be in this sport. I want to do those things. And I couldn't do that. And so, you know, it's, it's, that's what goes on in the mind of, of someone that age. We aren't able to conceptualize the reality of the situation, right? And I was, I was frustrated. And I'll be honest, I let a really nasty root of bitterness grow in my heart during that time. And because I was missing so much of that identity pour, being poured in and that love, I had a, I had a father-shaped hole in my heart, right? And so like a lot of girls do then, I started looking for ways to fill it. <clears throat> and I didn't fill it in the healthiest ways. I didn't. Because, see, our needs don't change based on our circumstances. And if we can't meet them in a healthy way, we will meet them. But it'll be in an unhealthy way. And so about 14, 15 years old, I started dating. And boy, I met this nice guy, and he was cute. And he started telling me all the things I was starving for. You're beautiful. You're special. I'll do anything for you. I want to spend time with you. I'm going to listen to you. I, want to be, I just want to be with you. Oh, man, it didn't take much. It didn't take much. I was like, I'm in. Okay. Right? Why? Because I was starving. My spirit was starving for what I didn't have. And I was starving to the point, you know, sometimes if someone's literally starving, you'll eat things you wouldn't normally eat, right? You'll do things you wouldn't normally do. Well, my spirit, my heart was starving, so I did things I wouldn't normally do, right? I gave of myself. I gave of my heart. I gave of my spirit thinking, well, that's love, right? So I should just do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants, and be whoever he wants me to be. Because at least I think he's loving me, and maybe then he won't leave me like the other men did. Well, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. And so that's what I did. And when I was 16 years old, I decided, you know what? 
I don't want to be the second parent anymore. I don't want to be mom number two. And so I decided to move out with that older boyfriend. You know, because we know what's best for us at 16. I did, you know. Well, I thought I did. And so within six months of that, so move out, six months later, I find out that I'm pregnant and single all in the same day. Isn't that funny? And not saying that that's always the situation. That doesn't always happen, but for me, that was my story. I let him know that I was pregnant, and he turned around and walked away, and I never saw him again. Well, that was tough, because I thought you loved me, and I thought you were going to protect me. That's what love is? Okay. Well, then I had to go tell my mom, and I was terrified, because I thought she was going to be so mad at me. I thought she was just going to be furious. And I got to her house, and I said, Mom, we need to talk. And she came into the room and sat down, and I said, "Um, I'm pregnant. And she says, are you sure? Then I reached into my purse, and I laid down three positive pregnancy tests. Yep, I'm pretty sure. And she didn't say anything. And it wasn't because she was cool, calm, and collected and knew what to do next or how to move forward, or how to handle the situation, or what to say to me to calm me down. No, it was because she was just as, if not more, scared than I was. Because remember what I said, she was a young mom herself, right? And that came with a lot of struggles, and she did it alone because her and my dad's relationship was abusive, and she left, and so single mom, right? And so I know that in her mind, she was thinking, oh, you're going to have to walk through what I walked through. And so I know there was a part of her heart that was afraid for me, It was afraid for me to have to walk through what she walked through. And there was arguments like, well, you're working at a pizza shop. How are you going to support yourself and a baby? Valid argument. Okay, you're signed up to go to college in a couple of years. How are you going to do that if you have a child? Okay. But all that I could kind of process and work through, and I don't know, I guess I'll figure something out. I don't know. This was all in the same day, you know. And and if you'd asked me up to that point, are you pro-life? Absolutely. I think abortion is terrible. I would never do it. But you know, when you're the one who is now 16, pregnant, single, and the two people you trust the most, which was my mom and my grandmother, are, believe it or not, even though my grandmother had six children, my mom had three, believe it or not, they were just as naive to the majority of the facts around human development, pregnancy, and abortion. What was black and white now became gray. Because what do I do with that? And so my mom made the phone call to the abortion clinic. She thought, well, if it's a clinic, they must have to give accurate medical advice. So she thought. And they told her that at that point in my pregnancy, which was about five or six weeks, that it's not really a baby. It's just tissue. It's just cells. Just bring her on in. We'll take care of it, and all of her problems will be over. And I remember exactly where I was standing even when my, mom, when my mom brought that information to me because it was such a pivotal moment. She said to me, well, they told me that right now it's not really a baby. Now, that, that made me pause for a second because I thought to myself, okay, if it's not really a baby, am I doing anything wrong? Okay, I guess. This was not a, oh, absolutely, let's do that then. I still had no idea what we were, we, none of us knew what we were doing. And I'll be honest with you, even though I accepted that response, I still knew right down here that something wasn't right. I still knew that. 
And so she made the appointment. Unfortunately, they were so busy that they couldn't get me in for another couple weeks. So by the time I got in, I was over eight weeks pregnant. And so I walked into the clinic. And, you know, you walk into a regular doctor's office, and there might be people talking, chatting, looking at a magazine, whatever it was. It was very different when I walked in. It was very cold, and I don't mean temperature-wise. It was tense. There was people crying. There was people fighting. There was people arguing. There's protesters outside. It's just not a very welcoming, warming environment at all. And so we walked in. I went up to the counter and signed in and needed to pay. That was what I had to do first. And then they called me back in to take a pregnancy test. And even though I was a minor, I was 16 years old, my mom was not allowed to come back with me. And so I went back, took the pregnancy test, came back out. It came back positive. So then they called me back for an ultrasound. Yes, they did an ultrasound. But the problem was that the screen was turned away from me and the sound was shut off. I was not allowed to see or hear. And I laid there thinking, why? If this is just tissue, if this is just cells, why can't I see and hear? Because you know what? If they would have turned the screen towards me, and if they would have turned the sound on and just been, just been scientifically, biologically truthful with me, I would have known in that moment that what I saw on the screen and what I heard through those speakers was my baby and my baby's heart beating. It was not just tissue. It was not just cells. And I would have, I know I would have left. I know it. And so after that was done, <laughs> a woman came into the room and she said, if you're sure you want to do this, sign on the dotted line. What am I doing? I mean, how many people in the room here have had a surgery or medical procedure? Lots, right? Some of us, many. Okay? What happens first? Do you just check in and they wheel you right into the operating room? No. You go into a pre-op room, right? And then after you meet with the anesthesiologist and the nurse and whoever else, then the surgeon comes in the room and he takes you step by step. This is what we're going to do. Then I'm going to do this. This is what could happen. These are the possible side effects. These are the ones you better plan for. Do you understand? You're usually very knowledgeable on what's about to happen if you go into a regular hospital, doctor, whatever, for something to be done. Here it was, do you, are you sure you what you want to do? Sign the paper. And I'll be honest, at that point, I was so scared. I didn't think that I had the right at that point to say no. And I was so alone because my mom couldn't come with me. I didn't have her there to look over it. I was so scatterbrained, I couldn't even read it. I just signed it. I was like, well, I guess there's no turning back. So I guess I have to. And so I went through the procedure crying the entire time because I was so confused and so scared. Painful physically? Absolutely. I will not lie to you. It is a painful procedure. It's actually very invasive and very dangerous. But when they put me into the so-called recovery room afterwards, I couldn't even get up. They actually told me, we need you to drink. It was almost like when you go to the Red Cross. Drink some juice, have a cookie. When you feel better, we need you to leave because we need this room for someone else. Nobody came in to check on me. No doctor came, no counselor came, no nothing. And in fact, I was so paralyzed with fear and, and confusion and just I didn't know what to do with myself that they had to eventually go get my mom and bring her to me so that she could get me out. And now just like before, when we didn't know what to do, now we're in another situation and we don't know what to do. Because none of us were prepared for how I was going to deal with that afterwards. And my mom didn't know, and my grandma didn't know, and I didn't know, and so we just didn't talk about it. 
I went to my room and I cried and I cried and I cried and nobody said anything. You know, it's unfortunate. It, the, the subjects become such a taboo subject because we don't, and we don't want to talk about it because people get uncomfortable. And you know what? When we don't talk about things like this, when we don't share things like this, when we aren't real, bad things hide in darkness, right? The enemy is darkness. God is light. So we need to bring things into the light because it can't exist. We need to bring it out. But nobody, nobody in my family knew that. We were confused. We didn't know what to do with it. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to have to move on with my life. I don't know how. But I'm 16. I'm young. I'm just going to move on. Well, so then I stuff my emotions. I stuff my feelings. We get good at that, don't we? doesn't matter what it is. I don't know how to deal with this. It's painful to deal with this. So you know what? Buried feelings never die. Never and just like if you bury non-biodegradable garbage in the earth, what eventually happens? The earth pushes it right back up to the top. And I don't have enough time to go through what that, what that process was like for you, but I, I can tell you right now that it was ugly. It was really ugly. And it took me, honestly, hitting the bottom and hitting it really, really hard before I stopped looking right here and I started looking up there. It took, like, nailing the bottom. Because for years and years, I was really angry at God. I, I wanted to blame somebody for all the garbage, and I blamed him. I'll be honest. I was angry. But it was God who got a hold of me, and he got a hold of me out of my situation. Because you know what? God will take a mess and turn it into a message. He will. You just have to let him. And so there's, there's a whole lot that goes into what that was and, and what my life has been since. But um, I wouldn't be standing right here if God couldn't do miracles and couldn't do amazing things, right? But this, I share this with you for two reasons. First of all, because I want to share the glory of God. Because I will always, always, always tell people what God has done in my life. Even if that means airing my dirty laundry. You know why? Because it's not really mine. It's not mine. It belongs to him. And if he wants to use that to educate, to, to support, to minister, to whatever, however he wants to use my story, then, I, then I'm choosing to give it to him. And I encourage you to do the same thing, whatever your story is. Hold it with an open hand and say, whatever you want to do with it, God. And help me to be obedient with that. Because what, is, what does the word say? He shall be overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Right. Second reason I share that with you is because I want you to understand how different my life would have been if I would have gone into some place like Pregnancy Resource Center. And this is why this place is so important and centers like it. Okay? Because the difference here hugely is not that the Pregnancy Resource Center will tell a young girl what to do. She's not going to, I wouldn't have walked in there and they would have said, well, this is what you need to do and this is what you not, should not do. No. It's, okay, first of all, what do you need? Right now, right now, what do you need? How can I love you? How can I minister to you? How can I provide for you? And now let me educate you on truth. It's not biased. It's just facts. Okay? Let me educate you about what you're choosing. I'm not telling you what to choose, but let me help you understand what you might be choosing, one side or the other. Okay? Parenting, adoption, abortion, whatever it is. 
Let's understand what that looks like, what that really is. You still have the choice, but I want you to know what you're choosing. Because we have free will. We have, yes, okay, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. So anytime we can help somebody out by letting them know these will be the consequences, man, right? That's why I share what I share. Okay, Pregnancy Resource Center. A lot of you may not know that we actually have three locations now. Okay, one, which was, is a center in Long Prairie, which was recently opened. It's a beautiful center. Um, they are a full medical clinic with two staff and about 20 volunteers. One is in West St. Cloud, placed right by the mall, right on the corner, purposefully. And that is to reach the younger crowd as well as maybe some of the sex trafficked community. If, for those of you who don't know, this is a very, very real problem in this area, especially St. Cloud Weight Park. It's a huge problem. This is not a problem that's somewhere else. It's right here in our neighborhoods. It's right here in our backyard. And we have to not only educate ourselves, but we have to be willing to either get involved or support places that will be able to help those people. And that's what we're hoping with this location largely is to be able to get some of that traffic in and be able to help them, people who've been affected by that, people who are in that, and help them get out. Okay? Also, there's the main location on Main Street in St. Cloud where they do um, STD testing, ultrasound, um, ultrasound where somebody's honest. They show them the screen, they have the sound on, and they just give them the facts. Did you know that like 80 to 90% of women who are abortion-minded will change their mind if someone gives them a truthful ultrasound? So important to have ultrasound machines. Um, they also do coaching, life coaching and mentoring. Life coaching is new. Um, the, the main center has four certified coaches to better serve the clients with powerful questions that help them to source the answers themselves. A mentoring to help those clients who desire to grow in their relationship with the Lord. So there's Bible studies, there's one-on-one, -on -one, that's with women and men. And um, also a follow-up program for uh, pregnant clients to help them towards their journey of becoming a parent. There is also post-abortion um, recovery programs. I lead one of them. I love this because this is not just, well, come on in and let's just help you fix this situation right here and see ya. A lot of people think that's what happens. A lot of people, that's not what happens. This is an opportunity to not just deal with the current situation. This is an investment into their lives, not only physically, but eternally. This is, like I said in the, a few minutes ago, let me love you. Let me provide for you. Let me educate you. Let me support you. Let me lead you by walking alongside you to Christ. I mean, there are people giving their lives to Christ when they went in for an STD test. How amazing is that? That's awesome, right? And what, what will usually become the fruit from that? Well, let's see. We probably won't make some of the same choices again if we start to understand what, who we are. That's what the word of God does. That's what us loving other people with Christ's love does. It shows them the love of Christ. Now, if I would have understood who I was or if I would have been surrounded by people who could have told me, if I would have walked into a pregnancy resource center instead of an abortion clinic, I would have a 20-year-old daughter right now. And she's missing. She was missing from my Thanksgiving table. She'll be missing from my Christmas table. That's why it's so important that we talk about it. That's why it's so important that we don't shy away from it. It's a real thing, and when we keep it quiet, we contribute to its growth. Pregnancy Resource Center has two um, positions available. 
And so if any of you in the crowd are feeling convicted right now when I read these, there's a table in the back, or you can come and talk to me about it. We have an opening for a nurse one or two days a week to minister and work with clients. And we have a position for a male who would be able to minister to some of our interested male clients. In addition, he would work alongside of our executive director to pursue capital funding for growth and expansion of PRC. I've recently come to the realization of how important it is to have men in this ministry. It's so important. Because you know what? These women, a lot of them are coming in with that hole in their heart like I did. And you know what? A lot of the guys who walk in are too. They don't have dad around or dad's around and not doing his job right. And they need a man with a father's heart to be that spiritual father and come alongside them and love them and support them and help grow them up in the Lord. So if there's anybody in the room who, who that speaks to, please come and talk to me or come to the table afterwards. It's really important. Now every child, every child is created with a purpose. No matter what the circumstances are around the birth, Every child has a purpose. And you know what? Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to end by asking you to really pray. Search your heart. How does God want you to be involved? Is that by volunteering? Is that by donating money? Is that by serving in one of the centers? I promise you it's always praying. That's a, that's a given. And we thank you for your prayers. But I'm going to ask you to really search your heart and ask yourself, how am I to give? Because you know what? No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on with whatever, remember this. That if we don't value life, what does anything else matter? It doesn't. And God says that we are worth so much that he gave everything for us. So thank you for welcoming me and please pray about how to get involved. Amen. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's a, it's a wonderful wonderful story of God's grace and love. And I, you know, abortion touches a lot of people probably far more than we ever realize and it is a shameful thing for some people, a very painful thing, and a very private thing, obviously. And yet, uh, sometimes it, you know you need some help in some of those things. And and as a church, we've always wanted to help people know God. And and sometimes those kinds of life experiences are barriers as to why people can't really get to know God because they feel so ashamed, they feel so afraid, they feel that they failed so so their failure was so great that they just that they really can't even expect God to do much of anything at all, and uh, we want to change that, amen? We want to change that because God's grace is sufficient for everybody, amen? God's grace is sufficient for all of us. It really, really is, and, and um, you know, if you're here today and you, you feel like, man, I just, you know, I, I, I'm so embarrassed about my life, uh, embarrassed about whatever it might be, you know what? God knows. He knows. He still loves us. He loved us before we ever screwed up, if you want to say it like that. He really did. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've said over the last several weeks, and we've said it many, many times, that, you know, as a church, we don't want to make a point. We want to make a difference. We can make a point about 
what the Bible says. We can make a lot of points, but are we really helping? Are we really making a difference? And that's why I love the, the PRC. They're, they're doing a great job. I was privileged to be on the board 100 years ago, it feels like now, but uh, uh, way back, and uh, to hear you share some of the things that they're doing now that was being talked about then, you know, closer to the mall and, and all of those things. It's just, just a wonderful, wonderful blessing to see that. Uh, we are talking about life, and we are talking about being thankful for life. It is the most precious gift that you have been given. Your life is valuable and it is precious and God sent his son to redeem that life. And so life is really, really important. And that's why we thought that tagging this with a child dedication, a baby dedication would be a good thing. And so Shelly, would you please come and Pastor John help out just a little bit? Let me just share a couple of scriptures with you. Uh, uh, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 19, let the little children come to me and prevent them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And then he put his hands on them and blessed them before he left. You know, sometimes we we put his hands on them just to keep them under control, but he actually put his hands on them and blessed them before he left. And, and for us as a church, this has always been a core value for Shelly and I. 25 years ago when we began, we didn't know exactly what it would look like, but we knew that children's ministry would be central to what we as a church are and what we do. Uh, we say many times that we, prevent, we, we provide ministry to children and adult care is also provided. And so that's kind of the way we look at things uh, here at Joy. We believe in serving spiritual happy meals. It is the word of God on a child's level. They will grow from it. They will be changed by it. And that's why it's important. Uh, Shelly will read the names and ask the, the, the parents and the, their children to come. And uh, we've got a... Lillian is going to bring her mom and dad, Ryan and Caitlin. Mariah Joe is going to bring her mom and dad, Michael and Dana. Caleb Arthur is going to bring his mom and dad, Jake and Aaron. Riker Odin is going to bring his mom and dad, Jeff and Jenna. Abigail Louise is going to bring her mom and dad, Brian and Catherine. Orion Isaac is going to bring his mom and dad, Chad and Amanda. Isabel Marie is going to bring her mom and dad, Adam and Molly. And Titus is going to bring his grandma, Wendy. Come on in just closer. Can I borrow this little girl right here? Just for a second. Come here. Is that all right? Wow. Oh, did I just hit you with that piece of paper? She'll eat it though? It's tasty. I just had it in my mouth. It's pretty good. Man, you feel like you weigh about three ounces. That's awesome. Really, she does. She really does. I want to read this scripture. It's in the book of Psalms, chapter 139. I'm going to read it from the message. And uh, it says this. Oh, yes. You want to hold that for me? Oh, yes. You shaped me. I got to read it, though. There we go. Perfect. You can read along with me. How's that? Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. And I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul. <laughs> I am marvelously made. <clears throat> I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All of the stages of my life were spread out before you. I love this next part. 
The days of my life are all prepared before even I'd even lived one day. The Heavenly Father has prepared the days of our life even before we lived one day. And this precious little child, these little children that are up here this morning, God has already prepared your life. He's got steps and a plan for each and every one of these little kids' lives. And when we do a dedication service, it's not just a form or a function or a tradition. Even that one, hallelujah. Praise Aren't you glad you're not a parent sometimes anymore? We're just grandparents and it's awesome. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, this is a long service. We're sorry. Um, some of you wish you could do that during this long service too. Um, and yet, uh, and so... What we look at when we do a child dedication service is, is this. First of all, <laughs> it's a child dedication. We know that God's got a plan for your life, yeah. God's got a plan for your life, and because there's a plan for your life, it's our job to help bring that plan to pass. Exactly. This is really interesting, isn't it? And uh, I like this little kid. <laughs> she likes hearing what I have to say, unlike some other people I know. <laughs> and so... Uh, and so our job as a church family is to help draw out the plan of God for her life. And that's why we staff children's ministry. It's why we give to children's and youth ministry. It's why we believe that those things are important. It's because it's our job to help draw those out. And secondly, our dedication is a parental dedication. And it's a dedication of each and every one of you parents. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that it's our job to teach and train our children in the way that they should go so that when they're not old, or so that when they're old, they won't depart from that way. And then thirdly, this is a congregational dedication that we as a church, a family church, will continue to provide children's ministry that will draw out the plan of God in the hearts and lives of all of these children. And that's why we do growth track. And today, you know, last week and today, we talk about your wiring, I like to call it. Why is it that we, uh, you know, what does God have us here for? And so I'm going to give this back, this, this, give this back, give your daughter back to you. Thank you. Thank you. I told her when I saw her this morning, I just want to take this thing and snap it. <laughs> I'd have been a good big brother, but I was just the youngest. And so I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer this morning. We're going to pray for these families. We're going to pray a prayer. Pray a prayer of blessing on them this morning. Would you please join me? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And Father, we thank you for this precious family. And Lord, we ask you this morning that your blessing would rest upon this child. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that she will grow and be strong, that, that uh, you will continue to bless. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that this family that stands in this place of dedication, that you will give them wisdom. I thank you, Father, that you will speak to them. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that this precious, precious young man will know days of life and joy. I thank you, Father, that you will always provide and that the plan that you have for him will be drawn out and nurtured and grow in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this precious, precious child. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon them, and, uh, upon him. And Father, we believe today that your plan will come to pass. And Lord, we thank you for this family that stands in this place of dedication this morning. And Father, as they're reminded that they have a, a great role and a responsibility, I thank you that you will continue to anoint them, that you will continue to give them wisdom 
wisdom, that you will continue to give them great peace and patience beyond themselves. And Father, we thank you this morning that, that your life and that your joy will always be upon them. And Father, we thank you this morning that this precious one who is so wide awake and bright today, that Father, that your life will always visit her and will always encourage her. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you'll cause her to be a blessing to many. And Father, we believe today that you give this family wisdom. I thank you, Father, in those moments where they're not sure what to do, they know they can turn to you and that you will give them strength and wisdom. And Father, we pray that you give peace and patience in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, right now, right now, Father God, that your provision, <laughs> I love this shirt. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I think sometimes I want to wear one of these to church. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you will give this family provision of wisdom and grace. I thank you, Father God, that this little life will grow and become exactly who you've ordained this child to be. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that this child will know days of peace and blessing and strength. I thank you that this child is a can-do child because he can do all things because you strengthen him. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this young man. And Father, we believe today that this young man will grow strong in you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that, that your spirit will always be with him, that your spirit will always be alive within him. And God, we thank you that you will give him grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Uh, Father, I thank you for this life today. We lay our hands upon her and we speak blessing over her. We speak provision over her. We speak, speak health and long days over her, Father. I thank you that you give her life, that you give her strength and peace and joy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this precious, precious one right now. And Lord, just as she's feeding her natural being, I thank you that you continue to feed her spiritual being so that she grows up to become exactly who you've ordained her to be, that every step that you've ordained for her, she will walk out. And that, Father, there'll be great grace and provision in her life, and that you give mom and dad great wisdom and great patience, Father. And Lord, we believe that, that, that together, every single one of these families, we as a church family, that you will continue to grace us and anoint us and equip us to be able to, to bring life to families in a way that your plan and your purpose would be lived out in each and every child, each and every one of us. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus this morning. And everyone said, Amen. give mom and dad a great big hand this morning. God bless you. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it. Please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.